think about it. Everything's polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. We're on uh, 92 FM tonight. It feels like a nice, clean little band. Oh, no, isn't it? Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere. Uninvited. Dirty thoughts, a nice, clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. You care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? You out there? You listening? Lindell, and in light of the recent events, your continued support means everything to myself and my employees. To thank you for having the biggest sale ever on all my pillow bedding. Get my pillow bed sheets for as low as $29.98, a set of pillowcases for only $9.98. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a my pillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. We also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, like plush, waffle, or gossamer, for as low as $29.98. We even have pet blankets from small size to the ones for your car. Get huge discounts on duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen, use your promo code, and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding, including MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $29.98. Get all your shopping in while quantities last. Please order now. Coming to you live from behind enemy lines of Chirac, Illinois. Hi. <laughs> How you doing today? Uh, I'm here. I hope you're here too. Um, it's great to see you guys out there today. I got some stuff for you today. Um, we're going to do um, some digging into Ron DeSantis today. We're going to do some digging into Carrie Lake uh, lawsuit today and see if there's anything new on that front um, breaking right now. And so that's going to be the vast majority of the show today is the Carrie Lake stuff and the Ron DeSantis stuff. So that's what I got planned for you today. We'll do the live dig on Twitter and other things and see what else is going on in the world. Trying to check in on Brazil. Amazingly. Can't find anything on Brazil. So, funny how that works, isn't it? Oh, excuse me. So, anyways, uh, I'm working on, um, on on just kind of live digging and just seeing what's going on out there. And it's kind of a, it's a semi-quiet Tuesday. So, uh, you know, if you guys see anything that's interesting out there that catches your eye, let me know. Um, we're going to, like I said, we'll just uh, kind of hang out here today. Um, and uh, I definitely got some stuff for you guys that you need to see today. So we'll get to that here in just a moment. I see you all working your way in here today. Thanks, guys, for being here today. Do me a favor. Tell a friend, tell a family member about the show today. Share your favorite link to your favorite platform out there and say, hey, come hang out with us. Well, uh, you know, tell them why you hang out. I appreciate you all very much. Thank you for being here today. And as always, the crowd at the Foxhole is first in the crowd working their way in here today. Thanks, guys. RP4L, who cares? What in the world? Why is my... Stop acting weird. <sighs> Knock my socks off. RP4L. 
Uh, Tori is in there. I'm glad to hear that your that your kitty is doing okay. I'm glad to hear that. I hope you're all all as well as well. Hope all is well for you as well. <laughs> uh, Tori is out there. Thank you for the hugs. I appreciate it. Let me send some hugs out there to everyone in the fam. I got um, a new sticker for you guys. Yeah. Ugh. Man, sneeze came out of nowhere. Anyways, <laughs> how you guys doing? Thanks for being here today. Much love to you all. Thank you, Karen, for the for the uh, cookie. I appreciate that. Where are we going? We go wall. Where are we go one we go wall. Indeed, D Live out there working their way in here today as well. Thanks for being out there. Twitch crowds out there working their way in as well. Rocket Man drums. Chris, thanks for dropping all the links out there. Please is still uh, working on trying to find ways to to figure out what time slot I'm going to be you know doing my showing because I've been doing a terrible job of keeping everybody informed. I apologize. I'm, I'm trying, guys. Bear with me. Bear with me here while I'm trying to get through this. I appreciate you all. It's uh, You ever just not want to um, talk to anybody or see anybody or do anything? Just It's kind of been like that. It's just I don't, you know, um, it's kind of like that. But anyways, I appreciate you all. Tiger Network also out there working the way in your cloud hub as well as Facebook. I believe you guys are all live out there today. So thanks for being here today. I appreciate you all very much. And do me a favor when you get a second, check out the website, bookmark the website. You can find my Telegram, True Social, Twitter, Gab, and Facebook links all at the top of the website right there. Just click on your favorite platform, and you'll be able to follow me over there. Yep, the Twitter is back live right now. I'm not going to get my old Twitter back probably. So uh, new Twitter for now just so I can get on there and, uh, and uh, troll some people, which has been rather fun. Last night I had a blast trolling little Mikey Rothschild. It was a lot of fun. Anyways, check out the podcast when you get time. Episode 361 popped last night. It's crazy to think about how many podcasts we've done and, you know, how many shows we've done. We're in the thousands of shows now here, guys. And uh, all of you who have been here from the beginning, God bless you all. But you can check out the podcast if you can't watch the live show on Podbeam, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify. Pick one, anyone. Just search Uncensored Abe pretty much on every single podcast platform out there. We think we appreciate all you guys out there who help support the show in any way you can. Watch the show directly from the website. You can learn a little bit about me, so get yourself some merchandise and find out how to contact me. You can watch this online every single day, usually 5 Eastern. I've been testing different time slots and things like that and seeing, seeing if, uh, you know, if if I can move around, if the audience is going to be able to follow, because like, like you guys say, a lot of you out there, this is about the only time you really get a chance to hang out. So I appreciate you all. Foxhole, DLive, Twitch, Rumble, Cloud Hub, and Tiger Network are where you can find those live streams, as well as Facebook and a few other places. But those are the main ones. YouTube banned us, so be it. If you can't, if you missed the live show, you can catch the previous couple shows on the website, as well as the content that I think you need to see. So I appreciate you all very much for helping to spread the content out there. Much love and God bless you all. If you can't help me keep the lights on, I could really use your help. Cash at PayPal and Patreon and how you can do that as well as buy me a coffee or you can use your favorite platform. Thank you all for helping me keep the lights on. I, God bless you all. You guys are just all amazing people. As you saw at the beginning, MyPillow.com and uh, backslash Abe and uh, Mike Lindell is helping to reach out to, to people like me to help support us in any way, any, any way he can. And, you know, he's been canceled on every platform he can too. So he's finding creative ways to advertise. And we appreciate Mike Lindell for helping to... Uh, to lift up streamers like me who could really use the help. The website has been updated again, mypillow.com backslash Abe, 80% off the closeout and overstock sale. Now's your chance, probably your last chance to get yourself some, some Christmas stuff. So get that in there. Uh, accent pillows, two piece coll notch collar. Uh, that looks pretty comfy. Actually, uh, they have a uh, new woman's sleep shirts. 
men's athletic shirts, some boxers, drawstring shorts, um, short sleeve V-necks, all kinds of cool stuff on there on the website today. They changed a bunch of stuff up. MyPillow.com backslash Abe. Check it out when you guys get time. Women's two-piece rib tank set. You're going to want one of those. <laughs> Check it out when you get time. MyPillow.com backslash Abe. Thank you guys very much for helping to support the show in any way you can. And also, thank you to uh, Daddy Crab, Anon, uh, several Anons, Jay, PDX Patriot, someone else, a bunch of Anons out there helping to buy me a coffee and help keep the help keep the bank account uh, almost in the positive. Thank you guys very much for all your love, support, and prayers. I appreciate you all very much. Thanks for being here today. And then everyone over there on uh, Pilled, much love to you guys. Uh, God bless you all. Uh, Daisy Chains, thank you for the shades. Uh, was great with Sean last night. Oh, I'm, you know, sometimes you just got to hang out and just kind of let the conversation flow, you know. And I've been actually trying to work hard at uh, trying not to talk too much. So got that, you know, you, when you have your own mic and you have two to four to six hours to fill, you, you get used to just constantly talking, you know. You don't worry about uh, making short, concise points. So I've been trying to work on that. Hopefully it's been working all right. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys for the feedback. It's, uh, it's you know, we're doing what we can, right? And uh, facilitating conversations is something that we need to do more of for sure. Who cares news? Thank you for the gold pills as well. God bless you, my friend. I hope all is well. Karen, again, also you guys are doing great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you all. You guys are all amazing people. Um, So really, um, you know, like I said, I've been... I spent like three hours digging on just different topics and trying to look at different stuff. And, you know, I mean, I, the, the Carrie Lake lawsuit, I figured I would just do a live dig on that to see, to see what's in there. I got a couple of great articles from Seth Kesho and Rich Barris on those. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Ron DeSantis is in the news. I would definitely want to talk about that. Meatheads on Twitter. <laughs> kind of love them um so we'll talk about that and a bunch of other stuff as well so grab yourself a nice warm cup of delicious kona coffee thank you for that and you know hang out and getting the buffering thing going uh make sure you change your um the um i've noticed several things uh, that's that makes it hard if you leave the left panel up for instance it seems to buffer more. So if you pull that left panel to the side, that seems to work better. If you lower the uh, the um, quality of it on the bottom right here, uh, you can also uh, um, lower the quality of the stream, and usually that'll help as well. So I don't know. Um, you know, some days, sometimes I, I don't have a problem, and sometimes, sometimes I do. I'm not sure. So Hugh White in the house. Good to see you out there, my friend. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for the cookie. I appreciate that, my friend, and uh, keep up the great work with uh, with all you do, man. I appreciate you. Uh, let's start it off here, about uh, 10 or 15 minutes with uh, Ron DeSantis. This is the last 15 minutes of a roundtable he had today, which was uh, ra rather interesting. It was this, uh, streamed this morning at about 10 a.m., but I want to play for you the last 10 minutes or so because I think it's worth our time to listen to this. I wish more governors would do things like this Ron DeSantis leading by example again, you know, doing what he can uh, to um, to fight against the woke, insane world that we live in. Let's give it about 15 minutes here. Huh? Take that. Here you go. Um, so uh, just. Uh...
uh, Tracy had mentioned what was going on in California. Yeah, uh, good rule of thumb for us in Florida, whatever. You know, what is with that? All right, so let's try pill. I'm going to lose you for a second because I want to do another test to see if this is what it is. Watch. Where they do, we do the opposite. And so we are actually oh. going to be moving through the legislature this year, a, in the upcoming legislative session in the spring, uh, a bill that actually protects physicians' First Amendment rights, that it protects their right to dissent uh, from orthodoxy and, and from the establishment. And Joe and I endorsed this bill last year. It didn't quite get across the finish line, uh, but I'm confident with our new leadership it will. And this is just something where, you know, a uh, pediatrician uh, should, should be able to say that kids don't need to be wearing masks without fear of reprisal just because some of the higher-ups are, are, are bent on imposing this on people. Same thing with these MNRA shots. All the stuff that we've seen, uh, most of the people who got it right were in the minority when it came to some of the professional opinions, or at least the outwardly spoken minority. You know, there may have been a lot of people that just weren't willing to speak out and were quietly dissenting from Fauciism, uh, but of the people that were willing to speak out, they were a minority at the time on all these issues, and yet they've been proven right. So we look forward to being able to sign that in the law later this year. Okay, um, we'll, we'll hear if anyone else has anything to add um, on the tail end. I'm gonna go through some of these announcements that we promised that we were gonna be able to do. Uh, so, so our first announcement, it kind of comes from some of the stuff we've heard with uh, silencing of opinions, uh, I think a lot of unethical behavior by some of the medical association and establishment. Of course, when you have something like MNRA and these co companies have made a fortune um, off this federal government imposing or at least attempting to impose mandates and a lot of false statements that were made over the last uh, year and a half, almost two years, saying that it would uh, end COVID, saying you won't get infected, uh, telling people, young people, that you need to get it so you protect your, your elderly parents, uh, minimizing any uh, discussion of any type of adverse impacts when it comes to MNRA shots. And so you've seen a lot of this, and I think people want the truth, and I think people want accountability. So you need to have a, a thorough investigation into what's happened uh, with these shots. We also need ways to get more data so that we can better evaluate uh, what actually happened. And the fact of the matter is uh, we lack comprehensive patient level data from the pharmaceutical industry. Um, and that makes it very difficult for independent researchers to check the integrity of these shots uh, that have been so pushed on Americans. And so one, because yep. my study actually okay. pertains to this yep. exactly. Sure. Um, from our study, we found this evidence of the 1 in 800 serious adverse event rate, and we really would wanted to know who is affected by this from the study. Who is it? Is it was it 30 year olds? Was it an 85 year old? This is a really really important question because it, maybe it's all all the harms in the, happening in the elderly, and it's an acceptable amount of harm. The reason we can't do it is because of just what he mentioned here, this patient-level data. That allows us to see how old they were, what kind of risk factors they have. Pfizer and Moderna have hid this is hidden data, secret, secret data. We're not allowed to touch it. So that's been how, how long ago the vaccines were released. And 
Independent researchers aren't given, being given access to the data to figure out if these things are safe. That, why? Why? And we actually sent an open letter in the, we published in the BMJ, an open letter to the CEOs of Pfizer and Moderna asking them to release this data. And we didn't get a response. However, today I will uh, let them know if they're watching, the invitation is still open. We would love to do the study on that data. Well, maybe with what we're doing today, we'll, we'll be able to get the data whether they want to give it or not. Uh, because in Florida, you know, it is against the law to mislead and to misrepresent, particularly when you're talking about the efficacy of a drug. Uh, we see just the other, uh, just recently, Florida got $3.2 billion through legal action against those responsible for the opioid crisis. And so it's not like this is something that's unprecedented. So today, uh, I'm announcing a, a petition with the Supreme Court of Florida to impanel a statewide grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. And we anticipate that we will get the approval for that. Uh, that will be something that will be impaneled, most likely in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, and that will come with legal processes that will be able uh, to get more information and to bring legal accountability for those who committed misconduct. Uh, the second announcement, I'll let Joe uh, Latipo go a little bit more in detail on, but uh, we want to build off the work he's done uh, by increasing surveillance and research of adverse impacts from the COVID-19 shots. So you want to talk about what you guys are going to do? Yeah, so, so recently, and I have, I have uh, Tracy here to thank for this, she shared with me a study that was published in Clinical Research in Cardiology. And it was a study from a German university. And what these people did was something that should have been done a long time ago, but we all, we've already discussed how much scientific dishonesty and, and media dishonesty there's been around COVID-19 vaccines. And, and I'll, I'll add that the governor's point about the involvement of the pharmaceutical industry, it's an excellent one because our media has clearly demonstrated that it is impossible to report accurately on something if you're also taking money from that same something. So what these people did was, what these researchers did was they looked, they performed autopsies on individuals who died suddenly, unexpectedly, without any, any known explanation, any known acute illness, within a few weeks of COVID-19 vaccination. And they published their results. And what they found was in, their, in the group of people they looked at, four out of 35 people who they looked at actually had myocarditis. And it was a type of myocarditis that was different from the typical types of myocarditis, which you can get from viruses, many different types of viruses. And specifically, it was a type of myocarditis that they attributed to mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. It is important to know that these people died at home suddenly. So all of the studies that you see about myocarditis, and Tracy raised this point, they are not included in these studies because these people did not show up at hospitals or emergency departments with chest pain or shortness of breath or other symptoms that would lead to a diagnosis of myocarditis. These are people who are not counted in any of those estimates 
that the CDC likes to pretend are accurate. So we are initiating a program here in Florida where we will be studying the incidence in surveillance of myocarditis within a few weeks of COVID-19 vaccination for people who die. This is gonna be a surveillance study using working with some of our medical examiners in Florida. We're also gonna be working with the University of Florida. So there will be a component that has more of a research, a research form to it. But we will answer this question. It is a question that I'm sure keeps the CEOs of Pfizer and Moderna up late at night, hoping no one ever looks, but we're gonna look here in Florida. Great, and uh, we look forward to that. And then finally, and, and this is exciting, uh, we've seen uh, over the past few years, uh, really the, the bankruptcy uh, of the public health establishment. You know, we've seen a lot of ridiculous partisanship. I mean, I'll never forget that after hectoring people in April of 2020, uh, you can't leave your house. They were all upset at Florida because people were on the beach and playing golf and all this stuff. Uh, that if you left your house, you were almost like a bad person until you started to have George Floyd protests. And you had massive numbers of people that are meeting to protest. And these public health people wrote a letter where like hundreds, maybe thousands of them signed saying, yes, we don't think you should be leaving your house normally, but we endorse the protests. And basically said that it was important that people went out even in big groups and protested. And then they said in the letter, that does not mean they support protests for other things, like people that wanted to protest lockdowns. And so if that just didn't take the mask off and just, just show you know, that this is all just a huge political farce, I don't know what is. But the reality is, even this in May of June of 2020, uh, I think you've continued to see people uh, in these bureaucracies and in this establishment behave in ways uh, that have totally squandered any type of confidence or goodwill that people would have. And our CDC at this point, anything they put out, you just assume at this point uh, that it's not worth the paper that it's printed on. And so it's not serving a useful function. It's really serving to advance narratives rather than do evidence-based medicine. And so in Florida, the Surgeon General actually has the ability uh, to convene uh, panels of experts to do uh, so various things. And so we thought it was important, particularly me talking with other governors, to say, okay, because CDC will say these things, and then people will think, well, because they're saying it, then we have to do it. And maybe not quite as much anymore because people have lost confidence, but you still see it. We had to fight it with the masking in the schools because the, the, the school districts were citing CDC as the reason why they wanted to do it. We had to come and overrule that. Uh, but it was difficult because they were being put as an authority and some people were, were doing that. So other governors and I have talked about the need uh, to have uh, a panel of experts who can counteract nonsense when it's coming out of these institutions that are not going to just go along with the flow and follow pre-cooked narratives, but will actually do evidence-based analysis. And so uh, in Florida, uh, we're creating uh, what we're calling the Public Health Integrity Committee. It's a committee of expert researchers that will uh, be able to assess 
uh, recommendations and guidance uh, related to public health and healthcare, but particularly being able uh, to offer critical assessments of things that uh, uh, bureaucracies like the FDA, CDC, and NIH um, are doing. Uh, we know that there's been a lot of uh, faith destroyed um, in public health. Uh, and I think that it's important that uh, we have folks who people actually can rely on when they're looking to answers and when they're looking for guidance on some of these really, really important issues. The people we have today, Bhattacharya, Kaldorf, Hogue, Freeman, uh, Christine Stable, Ben, Weinstein, Templeton, um, are all going to be on this, uh, on this panel. And so I think you're going to see a lot of other states are going to join with us uh, to be able uh, to work. And so it's not just going to be helping Florida. It's going to be helping people all uh, throughout uh, the United States of America. And you see now in some of these enclaves, they're talking about masking again. They're talking about masking for flu and RSV. And it's like, we're just not going to put up with this in Florida, and we want to continue uh, to fight back. So, Joe, do you want to add a little color on that? No, this is, I, I, you know, it's, it's um, you know, there's some people who want amnesty from, from the things that happened during the pandemic. There, there are others who say, it's okay to trust me now. You know, with things that we weren't, we weren't straight with you, right? It was no mass, then, then, cloth mask, then surgical mask, then two, then I don't even know where we are yet right now in terms of what, what this Dr. Walensky and the CDC and Dr. Fauci are recommending. But, um, you know, we're not, we're not doing that here. Instead, what we, are, we brought together are fantastic scientists, you've heard some of what they have to say, who are, you know, well, well established and very successful in their fields. And they also happen to be fantastic human beings who've been able to speak their voice despite all the tremendous pressure they have faced over the past one or two or three years, depending on how long that they've been, they've been speaking out. And we, are, we brought them together. We are bringing common sense back to public health recommendations. I appreciate everyone for participating for, for, and for folks who traveled here today. Uh, for doing that and I want you to know that you are you serve such a role because just as the governor said people feel like they're beholden to the CDC I mean who are you gonna refer to well the CDC said this it doesn't make sense but but what am I gonna do I'm not you know I'm not I'm not a CDC well we've created now a, a, a group here of scientific efforts at pardon me scientific experts broadly in the subjects of clinical medicine epidemiology immunology, evolutionary biology, biostatistics, and vaccine science. And we will be issuing recommendations that make sense and are scientifically valid. And we'll, I guess we'll be the only organization in the country doing that. Great, well, I wanna thank everybody for participating. Uh, I know that uh, there's been a lot that, that, that's happened over the last uh, few years. Uh, but I think that uh, folks uh, here today, as well as others uh, like-minded uh, who've been willing to, uh, to stand up and, and offer some truth in a, in a very uh, crazy and dark time, you know, have made a big difference. I mean, I think about uh, with, with Jay Bhattacharya and Martin Kaldorf and Sinetra Gupta, um, you know, if it wasn't for, for them with Great Barrington and states like Florida that were pushing back, 
you know, we would have ended up doing like a China where you have these rolling lockdowns. That's what they wanted. That is absolutely what they wanted to do in the United States. And so if it wasn't for people pushing back, um, in spite of all the problems we've had, we'd be in much, much worse shape uh, right now uh, as a country. And so I think that it's important, and this will really formalize um, an ability uh, to speak the truth, uh, which is in short supply these days. So thanks so much, everybody. Appreciate it. Great job, Ron, and uh, God bless him and his family for all they're doing to uh, to raise awareness on this. You know, I, I got banned off of YouTube for talking about crypto and COVID in the same show, you know. So, you know, I, go freaking figure, right? It, you talk about the people who, you know, actually did research into what the government was telling us, you know, amazing concept. Um, actually tried to, to spread the truth about what, what was being spread out there, the garbage that was being spread by pretty much every entity out there you can find. Um, demonetized, dehumanized, dehumanized for trying to tell the truth. And uh, it, it continues, you know, you're, we're still fighting that battle today. Um, and for, yeah, for some reason, I can't stream pilled in the same computer the people that I try streaming uh, anything else with while I'm while I'm live, it's uh, there's some kind of conflict going on there, and I don't know what it is. But anyways, that whole thing is about an hour and a half long, guys. So um, if you want to watch more information from experts, not some meathead jarhead with a mic in front of his mouth who's just obviously running his mouth and has no fucking clue what he's talking about. I'm speaking of myself for everyone out there who's doesn't get it. What's up, Steel Monkey? Good to see you out there, brother. Um, it, if you want to listen to the actual experts, not the, not the CDC, not the government uh, in bed with Big Pharma trying to sell you something, geniuses, watch that freaking video. Stop watching me and watch that video because then you can actually become informed and you can have informed consent about the decisions that you may make that may affect you know your lives and the lives of those around you. It's, a, it's quite an amazing concept, actually. It's, it's really, when you think about it, it's actually just common sense. But we have a serious lack of common sense in our world. And people are too used to, you know, doing what they're told like good little puppets. Excuse me. Joe Biden had words to say on this topic, and I, I can never listen to him. I can't stand him, but it has to do with this. And so... Give me a minute and a half of your time, please. And I gotta turn pilled off again to make the video. Because they support LGBTQ children and families, we have to speak out. We must stop the hate and violence, like we just saw in Colorado Springs, where a place of acceptance and celebration was targeted for violence and terror. We need to challenge the hundreds of callous, cynical laws introduced in the states targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors who give children the care they need. We have to protect these children so they know they're loved and we will stand up for them and say they can seek for themselves. Folks, Racism, anti-Semitism, homophobia, transphobia, they're all connected. But the antidote to hate is love. 
<coughs> this law and the love it defends strike a blow against hate in all its forms. And that's why this law matters to every single American, no matter who you are or who you love. This shouldn't be about conservative or liberal, red or blue. No, this is about realizing the promise of the Declaration of Independence. The promise rooted in a sacred and secular beliefs. Oh, God. A promise. Shut the fuck up, will you? You fucking idiot. Anyone who criticizes surgeons who perform transgender surgeries are responsible for racism, anti-Semitism, homophobia, etc. because it's all connected. Duh. People voted for that fucking idiot. Can you believe that shit? Somebody is still proud that they voted for that fucking idiot. I guess there's no shortage of fucking idiots in the world. So, you know, you, you kind of feel, make yourself feel better about yourself being a fucking moron when you vote for somebody like that. Man, what a world we live in. Labor, great to see you out there. I hope all is well. Much love. <laughs> Applause signs, right? Um, yeah, so I'm having a hard time trying to share to a show with uh, Pilled Live. So I have Pilled on my phone down here. So I'm trying to keep an eye on you guys. If I miss the pills and stuff, I'll catch up with you um, at the bottom of the hour, at the top of the hour here. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie, my friend. And Golden Lady dropping a ship on me. Thank you for that. Daisy Chains. Don't forget, guys, you can sub, too, on Pilled.net as well. Abolitionist, thank you for the cookie. This guy has to be used has to be using applause and laugh tracks, right? Yeah, he's got, he's got uh he's got one of those soundboards in the background, you know. <laughs> little, little do they know they're laughing at him, not with him. I saw somebody say now who's politicizing COVID? What? <laughs> The fuck kind of comment is that? What do you think the CDC and the government has been doing with COVID since the beginning? It's always been a politicization of it. This is about a criminal investigation into the blood on their hands deaths caused by Big Pharma. Politicization of COVID by Ron DeSantis? Are you, are you fucking clueless? What a fucking idiot, dude. Well, who the fuck says this is politicization? This is a criminal investigation, dummy. What the fuck, dude? God damn, there's some stupid fucking people in this world. Politici- now who's politicizing COVID? What a fucking idiot, dude. Anyways, <clears throat> Hank's out there. It's all bullshit. The world's full of bullshit. Indeed it is. J.D. Rich and many others over there on uh, Rumble. Thanks for being here today, guys. Much love. Twitch crowd's out there working and listening as well. He left already. <laughs> What a stu- what a stupid statement. I mean, do you even listen to what somebody says or do you just randomly just spout something off like a fucking moron? Anyways, um, I want to show you guys uh, Twitter. <laughs> I was having a little bit of fun on Twitter yesterday. Um, <laughs> it's such a it's I'm surprised I haven't been banned for trolling yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna get banned for trolling the hell out of people. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, honestly. Uh, let me see here. Um, 
I want to read this from Last Refuge. It's good to catch back up with uh, Sundance again. I, you know, you get so many sources in my way that I keep forgetting about the ones of the ones that were right from the beginning, like the last the Last Refuge. Remember all of everyone giving him shit about his takes on stuff. Ah, oh, he's a deep state shill, obviously. But actually, if you think about it, the Last Refuge along the way has had some of the most uh, astute analysis. Uh, in this journey from the beginning. And um, that's very interesting. So here's a thread from Last Refuge from last night. Here's the thing about Bill, Bill Barr, big picture. Everyone in D.C. knew the special counsel Robert Mueller appointment in May of 2017 was done to cover up prior FBI DOJ wrongdoing and continue the Trump targeting effort. Everyone knew this. No one did not know this. Well, actually... There's a bunch of freaking meatheads in the alternative media community as still have no fucking clue about Bill Barr and and Robert Mueller and what they did to cover up their own wrongdoing and target Trump. As you don't understand, Last Refuge, man, he's all just gay fade, man. So when Bill Barr arrives in February of 2019, the first thing he does is praise the honor and integrity of his good friend, Robert Mueller. That was the tell. It was really that simple. Barr knew what Mueller and Weissman were doing. He pretended not to know. That's a very interesting picture right there <laughs> at that time. It says a lot about in Trump's face, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> he is almost like he knew right off the bat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Twitter handle is at uncensored underscore Abe. So good job. Good stuff by last refuge. He's been, uh, um, <laughs> I put, I sent uh, Sundance a, uh, a message and I said, uh, just for reference, Sundance, some of non decodes also played cover on the chance too. There was seating on the chance of uh, Bill Barr and the rest and people blame it on Q or whatever. Don't forget. It was on non decodes that came up with Bill Barr decode. So just want to point that out. Not that anyone really cares anymore. No one, it's that lie to me culture. It really is. It's, uh, you know, you can, you can listen to somebody over and over and over. And then you're just like, you forget all the stupid shit and all the, all the times that they misled you. And it's, it's kind of scary actually. I don't know. Anyways, um, not this crowd, <laughs> not this crowd. If you're listening to me, you get it. Um, so Elon Musk yesterday, Check this out. This is freaking hilarious. Elon Musk is now explicitly encouraging his 120 million followers to start following QAnon. Put differently, Elon Musk is encouraging his 20, 120 million followers to join a domestic terrorism movement. Who is this fucking idiot anyway? Look at this fucking whack job. Oh, she's even got the crazy eye thing going too. Fucking moron. Who is this? Behavioral scientist. <laughs> Rights for medium. Opinions are yours, and they're also fucking retarded opinions. Keep them to yourself. Delete your Twitter, will you? Anyways, uh, so Elon Musk tweets off, follow the white rabbit yesterday, right? And Machiavelli means, I laughed so freaking hard at this. He's like, now tweet a duck. <laughs> oh, it was freaking hilarious, dude. You, I, it's Some of these things, you just kind of have to be there, but it was freaking hilarious. And, um... So, uh, little Mikey decided that he felt, uh, Mikey Rothschild decided that he had to retweet his book out there and plug his book because yeah, how QAnon became a movement, a cult, 
ah, and a conspiracy theory of everything. And Robert Crusoe says, so he's literally tweeting early Q drops now then. And I just had to tweet fly Ross fly sweet dreams <laughs> to little Mikey Ross child, little Mikey Ross child. He, the poor, the poor guy, you know, you kind of almost want to feel bad for him. You know, you almost, almost want to feel bad for how fucking stupid people are. Actually, I think little, little Mikey Rothschild is, um, you know, he's kind of been brainwashed by his daddy and stuff and his whole family culture and everything. So I don't think little Mikey Rothschild has the smallest freaking clue about what's happening in the world. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, you, you can't, you know, you, you got to give him a little bit of slack, I guess, you know? <laughs> oh man. Anyways, uh, Rumble crowd still out there looking and listening. Thanks for being out there, guys. Much love. Z Patriot in the house. What's good? Hope all is well. Ah, thank you, Ladybird, for the ice creams. Thank you. I um I can't I can't get any uh I can't get D Live to to pay me because they're stupid. So I don't know. Anyways, there's that. Um, let me show this to you, John Paul Rice on. He tagged me on this on on um if I can figure out how to make how I can read this. He tagged me on this. John Paul Rice six hours ago. Every single thing we are shown in the news and even in your alternative news, peer-to-peer -peer network is reacting to past events that have already occurred. This selection of stories we follow programs the unaware masses of timelines, current and future agendas. Fueled beliefs, conditioning attitudes, and installs some conscious thoughts over time that have little to no relevance in our own personal life. Take example of the Twitter files and their disclosures. It only confirms what was known. The media and the counter movement offer offers stimulations and sedations of feelings attached to heroes and villains for and against all to hold us in a world of falsehoods. Purely mechanical, impulsive, non-creative thinking. We know this, but can we break that addiction? If we create nothing, they will have every right to continue feeding on the host, us, and will do so until their new timeline paradigm is in place. You are a child of the creator of heaven and earth. Do you wish to live in this falsehood or a truth that cannot be argued, debated, or proven with data, facts, peer-reviewed studies, or regurgitated by selected authorities who tell you what is true and false. That is their world. If you seek the journey inward to heal your inner child from this world's program, you'll find a new time exists outside of their collective message. What does the world need most today, says John Paul Rice? Love in the form of care given freely. Who needs this? You, me, and everyone else. You can heal the sick, the poor in spirit, those who are turning away from themselves, a devil's trick, by filling a void left as a result of their psychopathic programming ways. Interesting, right? How we all get wrapped up in our own uh, little worlds and the narratives that they create for us. John Paul Rice is exactly right. Breaking future news doesn't exist yet. 
Oh, man. Whatever. Everyone's got an opinion about everybody, right? Always got to share what, what you think about other people. It's always important because I, I really need to hear what everybody else thinks about other people. Can't just hear what somebody has to say, take it in and, and, and go from there. Everyone's got to have an opinion about everybody. You ever notice that? Rich Barris, Maricopa had a heat map of expected Republican voters. Hmm. Interesting. Richard, the people's pundit Barris, recently shared an interesting picture during his podcast, Inside the Numbers, episode 307, and on his locals community. The photograph was one he took while inside of Maricopa County Tabulation and Election Center soon after the recent midterm election. It showed a heat map reportedly hung on the wall inside of the voting center titled 2020 in-person Republican vote dot density election day and early vote sites. Huh? Why would, why would they have this on the wall showing Republican density areas? Hmm. Interesting. Barris explained what made up this map. So problematic on the episode of inside the numbers right here. Barris noted. How long is this? This is a map. That was hanging on the wall in the Maricopa County tabulation and counting center. Okay. I know it's hard to see, but what you're looking at there is a map of Maricopa County where, and, and, and the title of it. And let me see if I can zoom in a little bit. I just don't want to zoom in on everything. And that's not really helping all that much. No, it's not. Okay. The title of it on the bottom, I guess you'll just have to, Take my word for it. The title is General Election 2020 in person, in bold letters, Republican voter density. Okay. And Election Day and Early Vote Sites slash Metropolitan Maricopa County. You may take notice of the big, deep red blob that is in the northern part of Maricopa County. Large swaths of that would be the, what is now known as the first, the new first congressional district that is represented, excuse me, that is represented by uh, David Schweikert, who wound up winning barely because of what happened in Maricopa County on election day. All right. And actually, uh, afterwards, I can show you that I can show you a map of that, but it was not believed at all to really be that competitive of a race. And David Schweikert barely won it. And when I say barely, he won it by like 3,200 votes, just under 3,200 votes cast out of almost 300,000. All right. That is where, according to the people that we spoke with, 30% of them roughly, of all the people who said they had problems in Maricopa, not only came from that district, but came from the most heavily Republican areas of that district. Now, drag your attention to the southeastern part of Maricopa County, if you would, where you will see the other very, very, very big dot, okay? There are parts of that area, okay, where we have three districts that are encompassed in that big blob. What is now known as the 5th Congressional District, represented by Andy Biggs, what is now known as part of the second congressional district, which is Eli Crane. He won it. He won it 50, basically 53.9 to 46.1. 
Andy Biggs was actually closer than expected, 56.7 to 37.4. There was an independent Clint Smith who got about 6% of the vote. And a very, very close race that encompasses a chunk of what you see there in that red density in Maricopa, and then Pima County, Santa Cruz, parts of Santa Cruz, and uh, you know Democratic areas. And that was Juan Siscomani. That was a flip. In the areas where there are blue counties and blue precincts, there were no malfunctions, tabulation errors, printer errors, nothing. In those areas of what is now known as the 6th Congressional District, which was represented by a Democrat and Juan Siscomani was able to take. Barely. But you will notice that in Maricopa parts that encompass the 6th Congressional District, there were major issues. In the 8th, the 8th, represented by Andy Biggs, was the second uh, large chunk of voters the location of voters who told us they had major problems. And you might not be surprised to hear that where there are the most concentrated Republican areas, there were larger problems. Why? And for those people who say, oh, I think the Democratic map is right to the right. It's not. That's not a map of Democratic voting in Maricopa County. If I remember correctly, that was a map of like um, locations, early drop locations, and where there was, um, you know, some of those drop boxes from 2020, if I remember correctly, that's what it was. But no, there was no Democrat Election Day map. And even if there was, it really wouldn't matter. Because why would a county allocate resources to learn something like this? And do you really just think that it's a dink? That the problems were concentrated in those areas? If so, I got a bridge to sell you, folks. I have a bridge to sell you. That is crazy. Secondly, as somebody who does things like this for a living and plots this stuff, do you have any idea how much money that costs? If I went to Data Wrapper right now, or IMAPS, even even more appropriate to say, if I went to IMAPS right now and said, I have a row of 380,000 I have a data set that's 380,000 rows deep. You know how much it's going to cost me to plot that and then print out that map on that format in that big area? Forget about having to go to Ginkgo's or whatever the hell. What's the name of that place where you go and get those big things? Ginkgo's. Forget about going there, printing that out. Why would you justify that expenditure if you're MC Tech? Right. There's only one reason why you do it. Let's be honest. But you're willing to go to great lengths to save yourself. To save yourself. You understand what I mean by that? There is no secretary of election that I called in Florida, North Carolina. We have different, they're not, they're, you know, sec- we call them Secretary of Elections in Georgia and in Florida. Uh, Georgia kind of took that, you know, model. Uh, but in North Carolina, I called around just to see if anybody had something like this sitting in their tabulation centers. The answer was no. 
couldn't justify the cost for something like that. Plus, it's not relevant to what we do here, as the Carteret County people told me. We count votes. We don't predict where they come from. So, I mean, if you really believe that this is an accident, again, I definitely have a bridge that I need to sell you. This. People's Pundit. Um, you know, just another example. There, There is actually people out there who believe we have legitimate elections still. Can you, can you imagine? Like, you, you go through your daily life and you're like, okay, they voted for them. <laughs> and you're like, that's your mentality. That that's your that's the way you live your life, dude. Um I I don't know, man. It this world, dude. Richard Bears with some fire right there. And again, again th- this shows more so the areas that were targeted, right? That's why it's important. It's important because it shows the specific areas that uh, were targeted in in Arizona to make sure that the election was rigged in their favor. And um, more of that is definitely to come out. Two articles. How much time do I have? About seven minutes to the top of the hour. Maybe I'll wait to the top of the hour to get to these. Um, let's see. Tracy, is this? did Tracy write this? I think Tracy wrote this, or is it just from the team? Yeah, Tracy wrote this. Uh, the Kerry Lake files an Arizona election integrity lawsuit. I have that. I have the actual link to the lawsuits and stuff for you guys. And then um, Captain Keschel also did a breakdown of Carrie Lake's lawsuit. And, you know, I've, I've, we did a little bit on it yeah, the other day and um, talked about it. But I want to make sure we get uh, a, a lot covered on that. So I'm going to spend some time on that here at the top of the hour. Let me check in with you guys over there and kind of hang out with you guys for a little bit and see how you guys are doing. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, then we'll get to the, the Carrie Lake. We'll break down the Carrie Lake uh, loss at the top of the hour. See him. What's good? Uh, Kings in the house. My, my father used to say 90% of everybody has their head up their ass. <laughs> Hit that plus button on rumble. Thanks guys for being out there today. Oh, much love. Oh man. Yeah. It's uh, this world, man. I, it's, it's just scary. You know, Hey Karen, uh, Henry 4570. Thank you for the cookie. Let me check in with you guys over here on uh, Foxhole. I could probably bring it back up now that I'm going to be, yeah, I'll do that. Let me get you guys back up over here so I can see what the heck's going on over here. Uh, every time I try streaming a video from another platform and I have, um, Pill.net going at the same time. It just it's not, it doesn't cooperate. So anybody else out there, if you know, excuse me, if you've seen that, um, you know, I don't know what it is. Some kind of conflict with the two or something. I don't know. Frustrating. <clears throat> thank you for the cookie, Sean Joe. Henry 4570, thank you for the cookie as well. Who else is out there? Hold on. Average Joe, thank you for the shades lurking and cooking. What's for dinner out there, fam? Dinner's uh, Boyce Blank out there cooking as well. Adam Huggapuck, thank you for the shades. Much love, guys. 4017 gold pills today. I appreciate you all very much. Thank you, guys. You guys are freaking amazing, dude. Um, 
It's easier to lie to someone than it is to convince them they are being lied to. That's a great point, Henry 4570. We've seen that play itself out over the past four or five years, have we not? It's frustrating, man. I think your father was an optimist. <laughs> hey, abolitionist, thanks for the cookie. Uh, let's see. Everyone out there over there on DLive lurking and listening, thanks for being here today, guys. Rocket Man Drums and Chris and Comfortably Numb, Z Patriot over there. Thanks for being here today, guys. Richard Bears is great. The only poster worth his salt. Indeed, peak mediocrity. Thank you for being out there today. Thank you for the new chat. Much love. Thanks for being here today, guys. And the Rumble crowd as well. Much love, everyone out there. Tiger Network, uh, Facebook, and CloudHub as well. Much love to all you guys. Thanks for being here today. Kind of hang out with you guys here and chat for a little bit, see how you guys are doing. Knock my socks off says I'm in uh, taste bud heaven right now. Hubby did a stop and go drop of a soft licorice. Ah, nice. The licorice. I love it. <laughs> Hope all is well. Knock my socks off. God bless you. I don't bother asking. She will just say food. <laughs> What's for dinner? Food, asshole. When it's ready, it's ready. Got it. <laughs> oh, man. Murphy was an optimist. Murphy's law. <laughs> Oh, man. You guys are in a pretty good mood out there today. So I'm glad you guys are here uh, helping pick me up today, too. I was in another one of those days where I was just like, you know, maybe I just won't stream today. Um, but, yeah, I got, I have to. Thanks for hitting the plus button. Much love. Appreciate it. 65 watching and only 14 plus buttons. You guys aren't liking the show today? <laughs> Thanks for being here, guys. I appreciate you all. I know you guys are all very busy. Most of you are probably either driving home from work or driving to somewhere or, um, you know, getting stuff done. So I appreciate all the lurkers out there. Much love. Golden Lady's got a new laptop with no buffering problems. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I've been having to do. I, I put, um, I actually have a laptop in my bedroom that I can stream to either my, my bedroom TV or this TV, and then I just stream it to my big screen. And I haven't had any problems that way, that way. But if I sit on a computer, if I'm doing research, or if I have multiple things going, um, it just it doesn't cooperate. So, um, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of data or something. I don't know. But anyways, for the most part, it works great. Like, see, like right now, I'm not really doing anything with the computer. I'm just kind of sitting here working just fine, you know. So um, it's a combination, you know, of, uh, of having too much happening. Um, and it's just uh, it, it, too much data coming in. So that's usually what the problem is. If you have problems, make sure you're uh, um, cl clearing out your browsers daily and resetting your devices daily. Always make sure you reset your devices daily and clear out your browsers daily. That takes up a lot of data and a lot of space on your phones if you're using smaller devices or laptop or uh, um, tablets, things like that. Um, that's that's one of the most important, especially on tablets, because it gets it just fills up your tablet and and uh, your your memory just doesn't can't cover it, you know. So, voice uh, blank, flaming young, grilled twice baked potatoes and corn from the garden. Wow, that sounds delicious. A delicious fillet sounds really really good. I have to I have to admit, yes. <laughs> uh, just starting to work our new tone. Don't know how to plus. Oh. Um, uh, so if you go to the uh, the tabs underneath uh, the video screen there, um, there's uh, several tabs. There's the, the Gold Pills tab and the others and things like that. Um, on, on Foxhole, the main tab, uh, the film tab, there's a, uh, a red pill thing. And you if you click that red pill, that's kind of the plus button for 
for pill.net. Um, on Rumble, it has either a thumbs up button or a plus button on Rumble. And then, you know, other platforms have uh, have uh, plus buttons or things like that as well. Um, it just helps, um, like on Rumble, if you are if you just start a stream and a bunch of people hit your plus button on Rumble, it helps elevate your stream to the top, you know, and it helps people see it easier. Um, so it's kind of a ranked choice thing that happens over there. But, uh, yeah, so it's not that big of a deal. Just... Um, just letting me know that you that you like the stream and that you were hanging out today. It's a it's a way that you can do that, really. But it's it is really eh, whatever, right? <laughs> um, so I get it. Daisy change is lurking. Yeah, that new um, the new sub thing has been has been great too. If you guys haven't seen that yet, uh, click on that subscribe button there, and you can do like basically a buy me a coffee monthly tier thing where you can um, basically sub subscribe to the channel, which helps. Um, you know, you don't have to continually send gold pills. You can just do it automatically monthly coming out of your bank account. If you choose to do that. Also, if you get, if you do a gold, gold or a diamond, uh, subscription, you get a really cool uh, thing next to your name, but, uh, uh, not everybody can do that. So I get it. Golden lady dropping a ship on me. We're going to send someone to hug that bad mood out of you. <laughs> I could use a serious hug from a bunch of people for sure. Um, I appreciate that golden lady. God bless you. Creative writers out there dropping some gold pills on me as well. Thank you for the 300 gold pills. Hello friends and Q family working and lurking at this time of the day. Chili Mac for dinner. Nice. Chili Mac is good when it's done right. Depends on how you do it, though. <laughs> Thanks for being here, creative writer. Much love. And everyone else out there lurking and listening today, I appreciate you all very much. Um, it's cool to just kind of just spend some time with you guys here and chat a little bit and just say hello to y'all and see how you guys are all doing out there. Just getting up in Bangkok over there at 6 a.m. in Bangkok. Roger that. Um, hope all is well across the pond over there, the big pond, so to speak. <laughs> Enjoy your day over there in Thailand. I know, I know it's... Uh, are you, are you touring Thailand? I have, I have there's several people that are uh, that are um, touring Thailand right now, and, and it's kind of cool to watch some of the streams out there. I don't know if you've had a chance to see that. It's pretty cool. Sandy, thank you for the new follow on Truth. I appreciate that. Let's see. Scorprat, if you're on Rumble app, it's a boxing glove. Gotcha, gotcha, Scorprat. Boys Blank says, I'm in the Northwest Michigan. Swim on over. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I hear you. That's, that sounds like a delicious dinner, my friend. Harley Quinn's in the house. Hey, Harley. Much love. God bless you. Oh, that's a cool little uh, sticker. You guys got some cool stickers out there. I had uh, J-Ball made me a hug sticker for me last night. Yeah, I'll, I'll, get the, I'll get the hugs going. Let's get the hugs going out there, huh? Come on. There it is. There you go. <laughs> Check uh, Carly Q. Major fire in New York. Yeah, I saw that fire, man, um, at the port there. Um, let's see. Let's check it out. Carly, where are you, Carly? Saw that fire out, out out the port today. Hey, Golden Lady. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you for the diamond subscription. Wow. Thank you so much, Golden Lady. You're amazing. Yeah, you get the cool little uncensored thing next to you. I made it so it's not very cool. <laughs> oh, man. 
Where is it? Mama Green, hello. Hold on, let me find this, Joe. I did want to make sure I got this. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the fire out there, but it was uh, pretty massive fire. It's at, at the port area where the evidence is held for criminal cases and stuff. Hmm. Makes you wonder. My computer is going super slow. Sorry, I'm trying to. Here we go. This uh, from about an hour ago, just as we were going live. Um, here you go. Check it out. And firefighters right now are battling a large. <sighs> Stupid thing. See, it's not. Again, if I don't get rid of pilled, it won't play. An aggressive fire in Red Hook, Brooklyn. It broke around 10.30 this morning. It's inside a warehouse in the NYPD impound yard on Columbia Street. The flames, the smoke can be seen for miles. In fact, on our way here, you could actually see the smoke from the Brooklyn Bridge. But yes, the fire scene is a large NYPD warehouse, an impound facility where they store confiscated vehicles and other large pieces of evidence. No injuries so far. But the fire is raging out of control, as you can see. It's been raging out of control now for 90 minutes and counting. It's a three-alarm fire, 33 units on the ground, 100-plus firefighters on the scene. They're flooding the warehouse with water. From yeah, what do you, not much we can really do with it. Just kind of let it burn itself out, you know? It's about all we can really do with these kind of situations here. Just got to kind of, you know, control it, not let it spread to other areas and just kind of let it burn out. You know, that's the best way to handle these things, especially if there's uh, evidence, uh, important evidence in there. <laughs> oh, God, what a world. Somebody pulled off something there, that's for sure. What a world. What a world. All right. Top of the hour here. Thank you all for being here today, guys. And thank you all for the gold pill and love and support. Thank you all. You guys are amazing people. Uh, let me get pilled back up here so I can keep keep an eye on you guys over here in chat and see what kind of feedback we're getting. I appreciate you all very much. Um, I don't know if it's just my computer or what it is, but I can't play videos while I have pilled over here. It's weird, right? All right. So, Arkansas probably thing stop all right carry lakes lawsuit two different uh ways that we're going to analyze this today is number one from tracy beans and number two from captain keschel the abolitionist thank you very much it didn't contain trump's tax returns probably the clinton foundation documents <laughs> right um or uh, or yeah who knows right um epstein files things like that and other stuff I see President Trump just uh, just true. Let's see what President Trump has to say today. I haven't had a chance to check in with him today, but I see he just literally truthed uh, not too long ago. Let's see interactive polls. Uh, let's see today the President of the State of Israel arrived in the Kingdom of Bahrain as an invitation. Oh yeah, the uh, Abraham Accords. Interesting. 
Thank God for President Trump. Media Research Center did a poll. One in six Biden voters would have changed their vote. Only one in six. Wow. That means five out of six Biden voters know he's the most corrupt scumbag bought and paid for by China that's out there, and they still don't care. God, there's some stupid fucking Americans out there, man. FBI warned Twitter during weekly meetings of the Hunter Biden hack and leak operation before censoring the U.S. Post and me and everyone else. So there you go. Recent truths. What else you got there, Mr. President? Anything else? Nope. That's about it. All right. Tracy Beans. Let's get to it. Election analysis. There has been a new lawsuit filed by Carrie Lake in the Arizona gubernatorial race. The lawsuit seeks a new election in Maricopa County, among other remedy and alleges 10 counts of fraud and criminal mismanagement. Secretary of State candidate uh, Mark Fincham and Attorney General candidate Abe Hamaday have also filed suits against Katie Hobbs and Maricopa County. Uncovered DC has been following the ongoing saga in Arizona closely. For some reading to get caught up, here, 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 and here, and here, we've been covering it as well. This article will serve as an analysis of the complaint. If uh, you'd like to read along, here's the link as well. Um, as always, Tracy's sourcing her work. Lake starts by telling everybody what we already know. The number of illegal votes cast on 11-8 far exceeds the margin of victory. And on because of the misconduct of Maricopa County election officials on election day, 59% of the precincts in Maricopa had printer and tabulator issues. Right out of the gate, they are alleging misconduct on the part of Maricopa County. Interesting, she is including that Hobbs, as Secretary of State, participated in the CISA portal to censor the speech of Americans. Uh, Section 6, just a few days ago, the public learned Secretary Hobbs and Maricopa County election officials, including recorder Stephen Richter, participated in an unconstitutional government censorship operation using the election misinformation reporting portal created by the Department of Homeland Security and the cybersecurity agency, CISA. State and local election officials sent censorship requests to the election misinformation reporting portal, which the federal government in partnership with social media companies and other platforms like Twitter and Facebook would then remove speech they did not like from public view. Hobbs, Richter, and others participated in this secret censorship operation. The next allegation comes in the form of the admonishment of the tabulator errors on election day, where Republicans vote in person in a three-to-one margin, and obviously they use Richter's own words at the press conference. Section 8, there's much more. The debacle that occurred in Maricopa County on November 8th was chaos as Maricopa County's Board of Election Chairman Bill Gates admitted live on TV during a press conference held shortly after election day, Republicans vote at a three to one ratio over Democrats on election day and thus were disproportionately and adversely affected. The tabulators rejection of the thousands of ballots set off a domino chain of electoral improprieties, rampant administrative chaos and confusion, lengthy delays at polling sites, and ultimately the prevention of qualified voters from having their votes accounted video footage firsthand accounts and expert testimony directly contradict Maricopa County's election officials, public statements, deliberately attempting to downplay these events. Such acts, along with the government censorship programs described in the above, um, uh, in which defendant Hobbs and Richter participated, 
only serve to amplify Americans' deepening distrust in our election system. They have a cybersecurity expert who spent testing, spent years testing voting machines on behalf of the same lab that certified Maricopa County, uh, who will detail how what happened in election day could couldn't have happened without intentional misconduct. Woke and walked. God bless you. Thank you for the cookie. The, the evidence included a detailed sworn declaration by a cybersecurity expert who, among other things, spent nine years testing electronic voting machines on behalf of the same voting system used, VSTL, that certified the election machines in Maricopa. Shows that the machine failures Arizona voters experienced in Maricopa County on Election Day could not have occurred Absent intentional misconduct, thousands of voters, disproportionately Republican, gave up voting due to the long, long wait lines and simply avoided the polls after seeing the chaos reported on the news. Testimony by whistleblowers and witnesses with firsthand knowledge will show chain of custody violations and signature verification issues, which call into question the legality of over 300,000 votes. Section 13, testimony by whistleblowers and witnesses, as they just said. Uh, this chain of custody laws are, uh, let's see, let me just go ahead and read it. Testimony by whistleblowers and witnesses with firsthand knowledge shows that Maricopa County officials violated Arizona chain of custody laws for hundreds of thousands of these mail-in ballots. These chain of custody laws are critical deterrent to keep illegal mail-in votes from being infecting the election. Uh, with no chain of custody, there's no way to tell whether the 300,000 ballots cast in Maricopa County are legal or not, and that's just the way they want it. <laughs> Maricopa County officials also permitted the, the counting of tens of thousands of mail-in and drop-box ballots that did not satisfy, satisfy signature verification requirements. Signature verification whereby the signature on the ballot envelope is compared to the voter signature on file to help confirm that the person who completed the ballot is actually the voter. It is one of the most important methods of preventing mail-in ballot fraud, which is why... They don't want you looking into this because, as you know, they inflated the voter rolls with fake signatures and then disappeared them off the voter rolls. And now they're going to be like, uh, well, um, where'd all these votes go? Oops. They have included a 2020 mail-in ballot that had a signature match issue. In case you missed it, Uncovered DC did a piece on explaining the, the importance of uh, signature matching. We've all talked about that in the past. Here's an example of a signature match that isn't even freaking close. <laughs> Not even close. It's kind of hard to see that there if you can kind of see it, but it's not even close. <laughs> the fact that these two signatures do not match is clear even from a cursory glance. Maricopa County election officials allowed ten tens of thousands of ballots with signature mismatches like this to be counted in 2020. They did the same thing in the 2022 general election. Carrie Lake is taking an interesting avenue on this lawsuit. She's alleging misconduct by officials, and she is stating that her right to vote was disenfranchised, thereby skirting one potential standing issue. She's also claiming personal harm on this, which is a great way to make sure that the standing side of this holds as well. Great point by, by Tracy there. The next portion of this goes through applicable law. This is the legal mumbo-jumbo for the most part, citing applicable cases and precedent. Uh, but I wanted to include some of this for you because so often these things are just get discarded in these cases. If there was latitude on following the law, it wouldn't be law at all. <laughs> Great point again, Tracy. Maricopa County's outsized ability to dictate the outcome of the Arizona governor's race. Maricopa accounted for 60% of the votes in the 2022 election. The difference between Hobbs and Lake is um, 
greater than the distance of the margin of the victory for, for, for Hobbes, which incidentally is merely 17,177 votes, of course. Energio Matrix in the house and the Pilled Whisperer. What's good, fam? Good to see you guys out there. Hope all is well. Uh, Mail-in ballots in Maricopa County were printed on runback paper. Well, 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 run back in the news. There's really nothing to see about run back. There's nothing in the pit that mattered about anything. Uncover DC has done a lot of reporting on run back because there are massive problems with run back. Yes, there have, and we have been trying to cover that here as well. Well, for one such article that references Maricopa County, see this one here. I think we read that one as well. Uh, some some residents uh, voted using mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots are sent out by a county contractor run back election services. As you guys know, we did the dig on that uh, before as well. They, de- they, they will detail the process a vote takes here, specifically with vendor run back. Dropbox ballots are taken daily from the drop boxes, follow a process of a chain of custody, and are taken to the counting center. All of this should be documented on forms preserving the chain of custody. Then... A Maricopa County courier takes those ballots, swings by the U.S. Postal Service to pick up mail-in ballots, and then brings them to Runback, where Runback fills out a form and scans envelopes and signatures for verification later. That is the summary of the process there. Scanned ballot signatures are electronically sent back to MCTEC, where they are compared to signatures on file, matched and approved or not, and then they are let Runback know which ones were. So they gather up the envelopes from the approved ballots and then send them back to the, the to MTEC. I'm not sure there are any ever any mistakes made here. This is a cumbersome process, said no one ever. <laughs> uh, there's never any mistakes in this, this process, not at all, no. Tens of thousands of ballots of mismatched signatures were illegally counted in violation of, of uh, Arizona law. Early ballots have to have an affidavit that certifies a number of criteria and has uh, them acknowledge they can't cast more than one ballot. You know, why is it just Arizona, too, that's just doing this? Shouldn't every state be doing this? Anyways, when the county recorder gets an early ballot, they have to compare signatures. If if they match, it's counted. If they don't, it isn't. Um, if the signature doesn't match, a voter has an opportunity to cure their ballot within five days. In 2020, Bramanovich released a report which stated that early signature verification process, specifically in Maricopa, is not sufficient to guard against abuse and that signature matching is the single most important election integrity measure when it comes to early ballots. Indeed, that should be obvious to everybody, except for the people that want to rig it. They don't really care, do they? What's up, Vattenmore? Introducing WPAA, an organization staffed with experts and brought in by Ken Bennett to be the deputy state liaisons in the audit of 2020. Um, Interesting. WPAA continued to investigate election fraud after the audit ended. They reported multiple instances of voters stating their records had been changed, etc. WPAA brought this to Karen Fan on 6 2022 and Fan provided them access to an external drive they had received under subpoena from Maricopa. This would allow WPAA to further investigate their findings by using the data Maricopa had. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think anybody knew that was happening. I don't, um, I don't remember hearing anything about this data analysis. Or the results from it, for that matter. 
sure uh, Senator Fan made sure that uh, nobody heard about that. As WPAA was using was doing this, they noticed severe irregularities, including hidden files, etc. Then a group of senators authorized a full-scale investigation of the voter signatures on the ballot envelopes used in the 2020 election using actual control signatures found on hard drives for comparison, just as Maricopa was supposed to have done. Hold on to your hats, uh, says Tracy. Let's read this section here. Upon examining the hard drive, WPAA's data director located multiple hidden files with a cross-reference between ballot envelopes and registration forms that was provided by the county. WPAA discovered multiple irregularities in the voter registration data contained on the hard drive. A group of senators then approved a full-scale investigation of the voter signatures on the ballot envelopes from the 2020 general election using actual control signatures found on the hard drive for comparison, which were also apparently used by Maricopa for signature verification. A signature review of 230,339 of the 1.9 billion ballot envelopes, 12% of the total, using the same control signatures available to Maricopa County, revealed the following stunning discrepancies. 18,022 had egregious signature mismatches when proportioned that represents a staggering potential 156,000 ballot envelopes with egregious mismatch. What was the margin of victory for Biden again? Uh Uh-huh. 19,631 signatures failed the Secretary of State standards, which means that 165,000 ballots would likely fall the standards of signature matching in Arizona alone. Maricopa County rejected only 587 mismatched signatures in the 2020 election. I want my freaking diamonds back. My civil rights have been violated and President Trump should be declared the victor of the 2020 election immediately. <sighs> I'll wait. All right, that's part of the, uh, that's filed in the lawsuit as well. So, Tracy asked a question. What does this have to do with 2022? Even though the full 2022 file wasn't available, they wanted to see if some of these voters with bad signatures voted again. And of course they did. A lot of them. <laughs> So Hobbs could say with, with, well, their signatures changed or we don't have an updated signature on file. Doesn't matter under the law if adjudicated properly in free countries, that is something you hope the courts will do. Adjudicate the law. Imagine that. Uh, 32 workers did signature validation in the 2022 election. Of those, three have stepped forward and signed sworn declarations about their experience this go around, they were rejecting 30%, but would only see about a thousand or so for curing when that stack should have been much bigger. They held them back. Go figure. The most likely explanation is that the level two folks were approving previously rejected signatures they were supposed to record if they were doing this. Interesting. Even ballots that had already been rejected three times were sent through in a desperate search to find a signature, any signature, to match the ballot. Jeez, what a freaking joke Maricopa is, dude. I don't really care about any of this stuff because I, I don't want Trump back in office because he had so many mean tweets 
And he was like kind of, I didn't like him really. I, I, just, I just, and so I'd rather, I would rather have a Chinese puppet, a, a clueless man with dementia. Oh my God, dude. That's the world we live in right there. Maricopa County was handing out approved curing sickeners like candy. Approved curing stickers like candy. These stickers, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, could be affixed, uh, affixed to the ballot and have it passed through the process. There were no observers watching to make sure that the signature was actually cured. They were just hang, hanging piles of these to any level employee and said, here, cure these. Absolutely criminal. It really is. Maricopa also employed a third-party contractor, Star Center, to cure the ballots. There were no observers present at Star Center. This is flagrant and is not allowed. Indeed. <laughs> uh, ballot printers and tabulators failed more than 59% of the Maricopa County's 233 voting centers. Chaos created on Election Day. And then let's see, let's keep going with this. Tracy's done a great job with this. Uh, Maricopa County roving attorney program. They have uh, affidavits from 12 attorneys. We covered these previously. And 221 poll workers, observers, and voters who witnessed issues at Maricopa County polling locations on election day. This is the power of getting involved in the process. It's one thing to have a voter declaration. It's quite another to have staff declarations. These were people employed by Maricopa County and also some volunteers as well. They have the text messages from the crew of T-Text. They were the roving crew of technicians who tried to fi fix issues on that day. Remember I mentioned how inter interesting it was that they have uh, been focused on server level management I was told that there's no such thing as uh, internet and elections. They're not connected to the internet, dummies. What's the current record for T-Tech mileage on election day? Because I am at 166. <laughs> She's just breaking down some of that stuff. Um, let's see. The next several sections go over how Maricopa County Board of Supervisors lied about things when things were fixed and how long the lines were. These are things that have been detailed in the past, so head to pages 20 to 26. Vote, vote centers commingled tabulators and untabulated ballots. The lawsuit asserts that Maricopa County BOS report is false also as well. The bulk of the rest of the lawsuit is, pa is patently debunking the report made by Maricopa County. The door three issue is addressed here because there were so many door three ballots, there wasn't adequate means to, support, to transport those, causing widespread confusion and potential double counting or non-counting of commingled door three ballots. Uh, this is a weaker argument because other than a few declarations, it doesn't seem to have proof, but a large majority of voters didn't feel their door three ballots were counted or would be, and the suit references widespread reports of ballots being commingled. So, you know, you, you got to put as much as you can in there, right, and and let the, let the judge and the lawyers figure it out. Using uh, on-the-ground first-hand reports, the lawsuit debunks the BOS claim that wait times really weren't all that bad on Election Day when they really were. They only lasted. Um, they only lasted a short while. It's completely ridiculous to assert that, in any, as any voter in Maricopa will will attest to. 
Uh, the wait the wait times were almost 80 minutes in most areas. The BOS report can completely ignored 16 vote centers that had ridiculous wait times all day long. The mantra seems to be that that uh, when things don't support your argument, you just uh, kind of leave them out and you know pretend they don't exist. Yeah, it's pretty much the uh, the way the left works. Can't have that. Uh, let's see. The Black Mountain Baptist Church Center had all of their tabulation machines down for a portion of the day, and voters had to be directed to another vote center, but the BOS left the center completely out of their report. <laughs> uh, we can't. That's going to mess up our, our data. Just leave it out of the data. Just leave it out. That's how they do uh, official reports from um, on the economy and stuff, too. <laughs> um the catastrophic failure of tabulators caused between 15,603 and 29,257 Republican voters to be disenfranchised. Because Lake voters disproportionately vote on Election Day, it was mainly those voters who were disenfranchised, as defined in the lawsuit there. Uh, Richard Barris also filed an affidavit explaining the poll he conducted along with historical data proves that out the theory of the same-day Republican disenfranchisement. So he's involved as well. Uh, Missouri versus Biden rears its head in the Lake lawsuit as if as it was in that discovery that we learned Richter and Hobbs were involved with the government censorship regarding information surrounding the election. Interesting. Very, very interesting for sure. We've covered Missouri versus Hobbs as uh, Tracy Beans has, has done a great job of covering that as well. Uh, it took Twitter less than eight hours to remove posts at her directions and also a private Facebook post that uh, started that stated Trump had won. Um, these people are fascist dictators. It, that isn't hyperbole. No, it's not hyperbole. No, it's not. It's not, Tracy. They are fascist dictators. The Olson Declaration is an email chain from Hobbs' office to CIS misinformation reports requesting deletion of two Twitter posts that Hobbs claimed undermined confidence in the election institution in Arizona. The time lapse from Hobbs initiating the complaint to Twitter's acknowledgement of removal took less than eight hours. Nice. Richter was directly involved with CISA, uh, who, remember, declared, Your thoughts, cognitive infrastructure, um, to make a presentation explaining why it is important to censor election-related information that went against the approved narrative. This is a patent violation of the First Amendment. Indeed it is. Finally, uh, they come out and say it. The failures on Election Day were intentional. Testing leading up to Election Day indicated no issues and everything happened simultaneously. Of course it did. Clay Parika, an expert who has done certifications uh, for the EAC for nearly a decade, has also concluded that these malfunctions and issues could have only been caused by intentional misconduct. Well, of course it is. Lake Team says that the election is uncertain because of the mishandling and the chain of custody of over 300,000 ballots. That's about right. Let's see. Last couple paragraphs here. A whistleblower from Rumback stepped forward. We talked about this yesterday and has gone on the record. She has stated that there is no chain of custody for almost 300,000 ballots. Evidence of this came as well as Maricopa County had to call Rumback to find out how many ballots they had from early voting. <laughs> uh, we don't really know, actually. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> they were able to confirm this because of the information not provided by Maricopa County after the election. The, the, the missing data corroborates the whistleblower's assertions. Interesting. 
So that's filed in here. I'm trying to get through this as fast as possible because I still got other stuff to cover here today, guys. So um, let's see. That's pretty much the full summary of it all. Um, let's go to um, here is. Let me get this out here for you guys. This is the link to. <laughs> this is the link to the actual um, summons. The attachments, the file, the lawsuit, all of that stuff. This is that link. If you want that for your records, um, you can find that link here. So let me get this out there to you. I want to read Captain Keschel's summary of this as well. He's got a shorter summary, but I want to get as much perspective on this lawsuit as possible. It's a very important, obviously. <laughs> I don't have to tell you guys how important it is, but but um, so I do want to get it. It's due uh, just time here with this. Captain Keschel, four hours ago, comprehensive guide. My review of the Brunson case was so widely read, he figured he might as well go ahead and go after this, so he did. Um, Lake versus Hobbs et al. is a 70-page legal masterpiece outlining brazen criminality that altered the outcomes of the governor, attorney general, secretary of state, and U.S. Senate races in the Senate and weakened the Republican majorities in both chambers. Her case begins on page two by highlighting Rasmussen's polling that shows 72% of the Americans agreeing with Lake's statement that the election was botched and voters were disenfranchised. Above on page two, Lake indicates that the quantity of illegal votes far surpasses the margin between she and Hobbs. Not only that, but my analysis suggests roughly 246,628 too many votes were cast in the 2022 based on historical turnout, suggesting a comparable amount of corruption as seen in the 2018 midterms. That means Mark Fincham, Abe Hamaday, and Blake Masters should all have been winners and begun the process of restoring Arizona to greatness. Page two concludes with what I consider to be the most lethal legal bullet, the disenfranchisement of obvious Republican voters on election day, citing 59% of a vote centers experiencing failures of electronic equipment. Imagine a scenario in which a Republican in Pennsylvania tried to, tried to de declare victory when 20% of the core of Philadelphia was not able to vote due to the issues at the voting centers. It would never fly, and everyone knows it. At the beginning of page three, Lake cites Finley versus Sorensen in that errors in a canvas of an election may void the election in its entirety, but... In Section 5, this case is more about those bad acts. Rampant and clear violations of federal and state law have become pervasive at the Secretary of State level under Secretary Hobbs and in Maricopa County County Recorder and Elections Department. This case is about restoring trust in the election process, a trust that Maricopa County election officials and Hobbs have shattered. The judicial system is now the only vehicle by which trust can be restored. Above on page 3, Lake correctly declares the American election crisis is a crisis of transparency, which counts the judiciary as its only hope for remediation. Hobbs is properly described as the corrupt bureaucrat guilty of colluding with Maricopa County's own corrupt bureaucrats to destroy the vote in Arizona. Uh, great job by... Um, I think this continues to go on. Um, but in summary, you know, that pretty much covers the most of, of what I wanted to get covered on the case. And that pretty much, um, you know, gives you guys a good idea of, uh, of these cases and myself as well. So 
I'm glad we spent some time on that today. Thanks for hanging out with me here today, guys. I appreciate you all very much. Uh, great crowd over there today on all the different platforms. Much love to you all. Tesla Dove, great to see you out there. Wasamatao. 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 I don't know how to say your name. Wasamatao. <laughs> Thanks for being here today. Vetmore, as well as Knock My Socks Off, the number one fan, and many others out there lurking and listening today. Much love, guys. Yeah, Elon is not cute. It's uh, the Anons have have a very vivid imagination, and they they have to keep their imagination going. It appears that's that's basically that, how that goes. <laughs> uh, great crowd over there on Rumble, lurking and listening today as well. Thanks for being here today, guys. Much love. Let's keep it moving here. The bottom of the hours is is, is completely. Uh, the last hour and a half has completely flown by. Sweet pea, thank you for the cookie. Much love back to you. Plapusful with a cookie. Woke and walked. Thanks for all I do. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's very kind of you. The abolitionist, Space Coast Patriot, Golden Lady, all you guys out there. Thanks for all the support, love, and prayers. Much love, you guys. I appreciate you. Hey, Ladybird, worked your way over there as well. Thank you. Good to see you other. What's up, Matu? What's up, Mario? Ah, what's up, Mario? Duh, what's up, Mario? <laughs> what's up, Mario? Hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> I bet you sing that better than me. What's the matter, you? What are you gonna do? <laughs> oh, Cloak. Don't even get me started with Cloak. That guy, it's almost like he just tries to come up with the most craziest thing he can think of and then say, you don't understand I'm the smartest person in the room and you don't get it. Philadelphia, man charged with postal crimes was also found with stolen mail-in ballots. Wait a minute. No one's really talking about this either. No one's talking about the Twitter files. No one's talking about the rigged election in the mainstream media, I should say. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're something. All right. A U.S. Postal Service mailboxes are shown in Encinitas, whatever, California. In 20, Authorities say a Philadelphia man found with about 15 mail-in ballots that had been stolen from the U.S. Postal Service collection boxes faces numerous postal-related charges. Zachy James, 27, was charged with an impersonation of a U.S. Postal Service mail carrier, unlawful possession of three USPS arrow keys, mail theft, and possession of stolen mail. U.S. Attorney Jacqueline Romero said in a statement, the arrow key is a universal master key that opens up U.S. Postal Service mailboxes and the master door panel for clusters of mailboxes such as those found in apartment box buildings. Interesting. Um, in a July 2022 indictment alleges that while pretending to be a U.S. Postal Service mail carrier, James stole undelivered mail from a collection box near Cassening Post Office in Philadelphia. In October 2022, while again allegedly pretending to be a mail carrier, James is accused of stealing undelivered mail from a collection box near East Germantown Post Office in Philadelphia. And in November 2022, James posed it, uh, possessed three arrow keys and approximately 15 mail-in ballots that had been stolen from uh, collection boxes, the indictment said. 
If convicted, he faces up to 31 years in prison and a $1.5 million fine. The case is being investigated by the U.S. Postal Inspection Service and is being prosecuted by the assistant U.S. Attorney Patricia Brown in Philadelphia. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm going to keep an eye on that. How many more uh, of those do you think are out there? You know, <laughs> you think that just happened in Philadelphia? U.S. Postal Service um, people? Yeah. Doubtful. <laughs> uh, Sam Bankman is in the news, as you guys know, yesterday. Bankman Free was well aware, digging into the SEC's charges against the FTX CFO, um, just, I just want to quickly see this. Here's the charges against Sam Bankman. The fact that he was arrested yesterday before he was, uh, planned to testify in DC today. And then you have the New York's, um, you know, uh, that fire in New York of, uh, <laughs> evidence and things like that. It just makes you wonder, right? We allege that Sam Bankman Freed built a house of cards on a foundation of deception while telling investors that it was one of the safest buildings in crypto, says SEC chair, Gary Gensler. The SEC made the announcement on Monday, shortly after the Bahamian authority, Bahamanian, Bahamanian, Bahamian. How the hell do you say Bahamian? People in Bahama. Authorities arrested Bankman Freed, the U.S. Attorney's Office District in New York confirmed. I, I just have to, you know, continue to struggle with it as much as I possibly can. That way I can annoy as many people out there. What's the matter, you? We commend our law enforcement partners for securing the arrest of Sam Bankman Freed on criminal charges. Da, 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 da. Let's see what else. Uh, the SEC has charged Bankman Freed with violating anti-fraud provisions in the Securities Act of 1933 and the Securities Exchange Act of 1934. The SEC's complaint seeks injunctions against future securities law violation that prohibits Bankman Freed from participating in issuance, purchase, offer, or sale of securities, so forth. Here are some of the wide, the wildest accusations from the SEC's 29-page filing. SBF improperly diverted assets to his privately held crypto hedge fund. Unbeknownst to those investors, Bankman Freed was orchestrating a massive years-long fraud, diverting billions of dollars of the trading platform's customer funds for his own personal benefit and to help grow his crypto empire. Throughout this period, Bankman Freed portrayed himself as a responsible leader of the crypto community. He touted the importance of regulation and accountability. He told the public, including investors, that the FTS was both innovative and responsible. <laughs> uh, maybe not so much. Bankman Freed then exempted his crypto hedge fund Alameda from risk mitigation procedures. Uh, he then diverted funds um, using Alameda in essentially two ways by directing FTX customers to deposit fiat currency U.S. dollars into bank accounts controlled by Alameda, and then number two, by enabling Alameda to draw down from a virtually limitless line of credit at, ATF, at FTX, which was funded by FTX customer assets. As a result, there was no meaningful distinction between FTX customer funds and Alameda's own funds. <laughs> SBF had a secret fiat account with a negative $8 billion balance. <laughs> how do you, how do people get away with this shit before somebody notices? 
Um, oh, here it says here. It began uh, trying to separate Alameda's portion of liability from the other accounts. Um, SBF has claimed in interviews he wasn't aware of how illiquid Alameda's collateral had become. Yeah, right. He said his bank account has $100,000 in it, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, there's the breakdown of that. There, The lawsuit and more information in that is in there. That's as much as I really care to know, to be honest. I'm guessing you're in the same box as me on that. If you care to know more, though, if you can't grab that link out of chat right now, I'll be dropping it on my social media later on. What's up, Brian? How are you, my friend? Thanks for being here today. Uh, if you want to find out more about that, uh, the Sam Bankman lawsuit, you can find that link there or on my social media later. 15 minutes in the show left, and we got to talk about Jeremy Brown still. Uh, Tampa Bay jury finds ex-Special Forces soldier with uh, January 6th ties guilty on six charges. Fucking ridiculous, dude. <sighs> Jeremy Brown was accused of having illegal weapons and classified military documents in his Tampa home only found through illegal search, by the way, you think it'll be Epstein probably, uh, Jer or disappeared it anyway. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jeremy Brown, a former U S army special forces, master sergeant linked to January 6th insurrection was found guilty on Monday of six of the 10 federal criminal charges related to the weapons and classified information that authorities found in his Tampa Bay home. After a week-long trial, the jury of six men and six women deliberated about five hours on Monday afternoon before deciding that Brown was guilty of illegal possession, two guns, a pair of hand, gra hand grenades, and a single classified document related to the search of a formerly missing soldier in Afghanistan. What does that any of this have to do with the insurrection by the federal by the federal government in DC? Nothing. The panel also found Brown got not guilty of possessing four other documents related to national defense with uh, federal agents found on a CD inside his girlfriend's recreational vehicle. Brown 48 uh, remained stove face, his arms on his side, and he stood at a defense table while the verdict was read. Federal agents uh, found illegal items last year in the search of Brown's property in the illegal search of Brown's property. I might add, um, as you guys know, the sawed off shotgun was his brother's family heirloom and the grenades, uh, had no evidence that he had ever touched them. They just happened to be in the area where it was. So more to come from Jeremy Brown as a, an appeal. If it hasn't been filed yet, it uh, likely will be filed soon. And um, just uh, the persecution of all these people continues. The jury also heard about another jail phone call between the couple. This one shortly after Brown's arrest, a brief recording Allridge told him some of the things agents took from their home. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, I'm not going to read the rest of this because it's from the Tampa Bay Times, but um, I'm going to try to get uh, more information about Jeremy Brown brought to you guys here in the near future. God bless you as well, Mama Green. All right, uh, let's see. Got that, got that. Yesterday, uh, last night, um, this just dropped. The CNN producer John Griffin pleading guilty to child sex crime. Uh, CNN dropping this one yesterday. Um, former CNN staffer accused of child sex crimes plead guilty in federal court for being charged a year ago. 
Uh, that dropping yesterday. So 10 years to life in prison and a $250,000 fine. Sentencing in his case is scheduled for March 2023. Uh, it's just business as usual as at CNN, isn't it? Uh, yeah. All right. Moderna soars after a cancer vaccine collab with Merck meets its primary endpoint in a phase two B trial. A new Moderna cancer vaccine when paired with Merck's Keytruda produced positive political outcome in a mid-stage trial. The company announced this morning the drug combination provided a statistically significant result in stopping the reoccurrence of skin cancer, melanoma, uh, after surgery in patients. So um, because of that, Moderna's shared spiked by 7% this morning as Big Pharma continues to make an absolute killing on the people that they try to heal. Anyways, um, I found that to be interesting today as well. CTCL, remember those guys, Siddle? They have now kicked off their 2024 election cycle with a new $80 million Zuckerbucks pledge. What, did you think they were just going to go away and stop rigging elections? Nope. <laughs> Leftist nonprofit that funded the private takeover of government election offices in 2020 has announced a New round of beneficiaries, Victoria Marshall and today's Federalist bringing this one to us. One of the two groups that funneled $323 million in the 2020 election from CEO Mark Zuckerberg is says it will distribute $80 million in election grants in the next five years to the following counties and cities. These must be areas where, you know, they're the most toss-up areas would be my guess. Contra Costa County in California, Shasta County in California, Greenwich County in Connecticut, King County, Illinois, uh, Macapin County in Illinois, Ottawa County in Michigan, Clark County in Nevada, Brunswick County in North Carolina, and Forsyth County in North Carolina, and Madison, Wisconsin. That's right. The grants will vary based on the size of each jurisdiction from $50,000 to $5,000 for those with fewer than 5,000 voters to Three million for those with over a million voters. Isn't that great? Isn't it? This is just the help election efforts and help people get out the vote. Yeah. There's there's nothing to see here. Unbelievable. Same old shit, just another day. Terminally online, always connected, rarely together. I'm gonna finish off today with this article for you guys. Thanks for being here today, guys. Much love. I do want to, let me just actually just check in on anything, see if there's anything breaking out there real quick. And then we'll see if I can fit this article in there real quick. Um, uh, let's see. Sam Blankenfried had been denied bail by the judge reportedly. Interesting. Western Journal's new articles. Dems, second largest donor charged with making tens of millions of dollars in illegal campaign donations. Sam Blankenfried, of course. Um... More out there about Maricopa, DeSantis. I got that covered in the first hour. Uh, Biden outright missed that he's lost control of the economy. Yeah, he's done. He never had control of anything. <laughs> uh, freak accident involving Vicks vapor rug leaves a baby with third degree burns. Yikes. Winner declared in Bobert's race after tightly connected recount. 
Colorado conservative Lauren Boebert's re-election victory, excuse me, sorry about that, has been confirmed through the state's mandatory recount. Congratulations, Lauren Boebert, getting through the fraud over there in, uh, in Colorado. There you go. The Respect for Marriage Act signed today by our freaking meathead government. Uh, let's see. Garrett Ziegler highlighting Coindesk on uh, a breakdown of um, Sam Bankman-Fried. Got that pretty much covered. Uh, let's see. Senators press HHS as whistleblower alleges unaccompanied children being transferred to criminals. Uh, HHS whistleblower stuff still coming out there about the uh, trafficking of children through our, gum- our government. Thank you, Daisy Chains. God bless you. Very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. New from the Federalist articles. The First Amendment is dying. Uh, DeSantis calls for investigation. Got that. And leftists can't quit Twitter. I'm going to make them block me. Make them all block me, though. <laughs> um, just kind of checking real quick. See if there's anything new out there. German data reveals that sudden deaths with unknown calls have increased three times since the start of the 2021 election, the vaccination campaign. That's nice. SBF denied bail let out of court in handcuffs after being uh, the judge, uh, after begging the judge for $250,000 in bail. So Sam Bankman going to jail where he'll disappear probably. (laughs) Um, No one cares about that. The feds seized 55 websites that illegally live stream, live stream the world cup matches. Interesting. Um, and that's about it. New continuity of government commission is funded by Pierre Omidor's democracy fund. What the hell? Well, there you go. Interesting. Cat girl out there getting some stuff out there as well today. Uh, let's see. How you guys doing over there on rumble? Everything good. What's for dinner. You guys have a great evening tonight. Thanks for being here today, guys. Twitch cows out there looking and listening as well. Much love guys. Andrew, thanks for the new follow. And Roger as well as uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, uh, new follows over there as well. Thanks, DLive. Much love. And Twitch, all you guys. Seize their assets in Big Pharma, right? No kidding. All right, how much time? Seven minutes. I think I can get this in. Two weeks ago, I came across a Washington Post article discussing Americans' loneliness, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since I shared that article with you guys. Son, are you winning? Winning? This is literally all I do, Dad. All day on the internet. Americans are spending more and more time alone than ever before. For some shocking stats on this piece, similar declines can be, can be seen when the definition of friends is expanded to include neighbors, coworkers, and clients. The average American spends 15 hours per week with this broader group of friends a decade ago, 12 hours per week in 2019 and 10 hours per week in 2021. On an average, Americans did not transfer that loss of time to spouses, partners, or children. Instead, they chose to be alone. No single group drives this trend. Men, women, white, non-white, rich, poor, urban, or rural, married and unmarried, parents and non-parents all saw proportionally small, similar declines in spending time with others. The percentage decline is also similar for young and old. So you might be thinking, of course we spend more time alone. We've been in a pandemic for the last two years, but this just isn't a pandemic thing. This started, this trend, this trend started in 2013, as you can see here, when we talked about this before, 
Um, a war as Ward noted, those lost hours aren't being re redistributed to increase our time with different individuals. We are experiencing a net reduction in the time spent with other humans across all relationship types. So where's all this time going? Social media is likely the culprit. <clears throat> While time spent with other in-person has been on a decline since 2012. Daily time spent on social media has increased by nearly a four by nearly a full hour over the last decade. Average time users spent on social media about 147 uh, minutes per day. Um, the highest out there, obviously. This isn't a shocking revelation. What is your default go-to activity when you're bored? You probably refresh TikTok or Instagram over and over again. You might scroll through Twitter for about an hour or perhaps dive down Reddit rabbit holes. And there goes our time. In, in the premiere episode of the second season of the popular dystopic Netflix show Black Mirror, our protagonist, Martha, is heartbroken after the death of her husband, Ash. At his funeral, Martha sends Sarah, uh, Martha's friend, Sarah, suggests an online service that can create a virtual Ash from his social media profiles, videos, and audio recordings. Initially skeptical, Martha agrees after discovering that she is pregnant. As time passes, Martha grows more and more comfortable communicating with her late husband's chatbot over text and phone conversation as she decides to test out the service's newest experimental stage, a Android programmed to look and act like Ash. Her excitement wanes as quickly she quickly realizes that her lover's doppelganger looks and sounds like its predecessor, but it isn't quite him. It's missing the little quirks and mannerisms that made Ash, well, Ash. Bringing back a digital version of the dead seems morbid, Elon. Dystopic, Elon. Absurd, even. And yet, social media has us embracing digital versions of each other every single day. As a terminally online Twitter aficionado, I have a lot of Twitter friends, folks with whom I have exchanged tweets, follows, and DMs. Maybe we have collaborated on projects or hopped on Zoom calls, but we really don't know each other. We just know each other, each Twitter version of ourselves. And the version of ourselves that we share online is far from the real us. It's refined, premeditated. You can't truly know someone through their online persona as more than an obsessed fan of can love a celebrity that they've never met. You know the idea of them. There are limits to the depths of these online relationships. They must break through the imprisonment of our own phone screens in order to grow. Moving to New York has been awesome because I've been able to turn some of these Twitter friendships into real friendships. The list goes on. Um, let's see. Let me, think, let me see here. Social media is... Pornography of human interaction, the cheap substitute for an authentic experience that injects you with just enough dopamine to keep you crawling back. And it works so well because it feels so real, as real social as, as social suggests, when you see your friends' pictures and text back and forth with your family, it certainly feels like you are socializing. And it's so damn convenient, the ability to engage with the world from the comfort of your couch that we can just can't stop and day by day year by year our authentic face-to-face -face interactions have been replaced by the convenience of supercomputers in our pockets relationships built on these digital channels may sound and feel real but as sarah learned with ash's duplicate they're missing that something that makes them authentic and so despite our ever-increasing connectivity we're 
more alone than ever. My suggestion, stop replacing real life with social media and start using social media to facilitate real life. The metaverse might sound cool, but I promise you, you'll have a better time kicking it with your real friends. Pretty good article and a discussion about our the problems in our world, right? 7217 gold pills today, and I'm wrapping it up right at the top of the hour here today, guys. I checked in with FCCED and the Department of Justice today, and guess what? They still haven't figured out how to do justice yet, so go figure. Thank you all for being here today. I, I love and appreciate every single one of you out there. Do me a favor. Wherever you go next, tell them Uncensored Family sent you. And don't forget to check out Average Joe Patriot tonight at 10 o'clock. My bro Joe's been doing great work out there. If you're up late and you want something to hang out, that's where I'll be. So come hang out with me and come hang out with Average Joe, my bro. And with that, I want to say thank you all for being here today. Everyone over there on Tiger Network, Rumble, great job, guys. Thanks for being here today. I appreciate you all very much. Thanks for all for everything you guys are do to help spread the message as well. I know all you guys out there are doing what you can in this battle as well. Sausage Launcher and the rest of you, much love and God bless you all. Same, same over there on Twitch. Thanks, guys, for being here today. Be back here tomorrow for another edition of Uncensored Abe. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. See you guys back. I'll be out there lurking all over the place tonight. So I'll see you guys around later on tonight. How's that sound? Much love. God bless you all. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.